Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right in a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And man, it finally turned sunny. It's awesome. All around the Kenai Peninsula, we've got some sun. People's kids are back in school. And I hope everybody is having a phenomenal fall. Last weekend here on the Kenai Peninsula, we had the North Road Car Show. We had 65 classic cars out to Nikiski Hardware and Supply. And folks, I hope you check that out. It was so much fun. We probably had five, 600 people come out to it and fun for the whole family. And it's exciting that uh, we put that on. It's our fourth year we put that on. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. Today, we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, Jason Torian, and he's on the school board of the Kenai Peninsula School Board. And uh, Jason, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Hey, thanks. Uh, it's, it's great to be on. Um, I do want to say I'm really bummed I missed the car show this weekend. I was on duty at at uh, my my day job at Nikiski Fire, and uh, and uh, my kids that went. My son is really into cars. He loved it. He wants to buy. I think the Studebaker was for sale or something. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that price tag. Yeah, he's six and six grades. <laughs> he's nowhere close to that. But uh, uh, they, you know, we we love Nikiski Hardware. We appreciate all the stuff they do for the community and um, and and for schools. And uh, I I really am. Glad you guys do that. And I'm bummed I missed it. Well, it's all good. You know, one of the things that um, we have here on the peninsula, which we, you know, we kind of pinch ourselves is we do have some pretty phenomenal uh, schools, school teachers. Uh, you help run the school district as it relates to big picture stuff like the budget. What got you involved in the school board on the first place? Because, you know, it's it's a lot of work. You and I were chatting a couple of days ago. This is not like you know, a couple hours a week job. This is a big job. You and others are championed with kind of overseeing the school district, the budget, and making sure that everything runs well. So what made you want to dip your toes in that water in the first place? Well, I've always, um, I mean, I've been moderately involved politically through most of my adult life and even, you know, was interested when I was in high school and and uh, so it's always been something I've had an interest in. Um, I don't spend a, a lot of time doing it, but it's been something I've had some interest in and have been involved in one way or another throughout my life. And and I worked at the school um, for years, graduated from Nikiski Middle High School um, way back in 1990, you know, dating myself a tad, but uh, graduated from there. When I moved back to Alaska, I was gone for about 10 years. I went to college in Washington and lived down there, helped plant a church down there. Uh, moved back um, home and got a job at the school and just loved it. Loved working there. My kids went to school there. It just was a really great time in my life um, uh, working at the school. And it came to a point where I was going to change careers just to, you know, help work on my retirement a little bit and just looking for a little, little different change as far as money and how much money I was making and, and uh, decided to follow my dream of being a firefighter paramedic. And uh, did that in my 40s, 
and uh because that's real you know it's a good idea to do something yeah. like that it's quite the it's quite the um, change <laughs> yeah and so um sort of switched out um into of the classroom stuff and worked part-time as a custodian for a couple years at the school district while I went to college again and was volunteering at McKiskey Fire and then I decided you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna run for school board I want to be involved still in in the school even though I'm changing careers and so I ran for school board and won and uh, the big reasons why I ran initially was partially that the other one was at the time we had a uh, sort of initiative in a company that they had contracted with for personalized learning. And I was a little bit frustrated with that. Um, didn't really like it. A lot of teachers were very frustrated with it. Um, and it was something I wanted to be involved in to sort of have a say in what we do with curriculum. Um, how, you know, I, I didn't like the rotation of like constantly changing and doing something new and making our teachers do something new all the time. It just was consuming a lot of time and money in my opinion. And so I wanted to be part of that process. And so uh, that was a big part of why I initially um, ran was uh, to sort of have my voice and to, to represent teachers in my community about um, what was going on as far as instruction and, um, and just because I wanted to be involved in schools uh, after I changed careers. So, And you still have kids in school, correct? I do. I have, uh, I mean, you know this, but I guess so people know uh, we're a blended family of eight, of 10 actually. Eight like children. the Brady Bunch over there. We are the Brady Bunch. Um, you know, I, I got remarried um, uh, 13 years ago now, 14 years ago now. And um, my wife moved up from Texas. Uh, we both had three from our previous marriages, and then we decided to have another. And then God blessed us with an additional one, um, which we weren't planning on, but it was, it's, she's a blessing. And uh, so, yeah, we have eight kids. Six of them have graduated. Um, they're all working towards their lives being, you know, positive contributors in society. My my oldest son actually works at McKiskey Fire with me. I'm super proud of that and too proud of my other kids that are chasing their dreams and done different kinds of things, working for doctors, working, uh, going into librarian, library science, uh, going into helping kids with disabilities. And so just, I'm, I'm super blessed. Um, you raised some good ones. I'm, I'm in I've done my my uh, I've done what I thought I could do, and God helped out along the way. And I've got a wonderful wife that that really uh, supports me, and and she she's amazing. Well, uh, folks listening in, uh, we're we're talking to Jason Torianen, who is on the school board for the Kenai Peninsula School District. And uh, Jason, you and I went to the same church together for a long time. You probably went to the same church as my wife forever. And yeah. you you and your wife once uh, headed up the kids ministry at the church. So I feel like. If you can make it through being in charge of the kids ministry at a church, you're probably a better man for it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually my major is actually not everybody knows this, but when I went down to college um, in the Kirkland area in Washington, um, and this is another thing, we just that's where we ran into each other. It was unrelated. Heidi's a little bit younger. Your wife is younger than me. Um, I remember when she was first brought in as a baby to the church when I was just a little kid, you know. And, uh, but went to Northwest University and that's where you and I first met years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was graduating and you were just coming in, I think. And, uh, I majored in biblical literature with a minor in educational ministries, which was sort of created for me. <laughs> and so the, the minor was, and, um, the, 
it was something I had a passion for. I've always had a passion for instruction and teaching. And I felt like that was sort of what God was leading me into at the time and uh, did some, some work in that, did some work in our church with that. And then also I do feel like my time working in schools and what I do now, every life's ministry. If you're a believer, yeah. Christ <laughs> life's ministry. So it's, Happen, it's, most of it happens outside of the church walls. <laughs> exactly. But it was a blessing to spend some time doing children's ministries at our church. So tell us, tell folks about, you're going to get folks listening and this from literally all over the world. Mm-hmm. They're going to Google Kenai Peninsula School District. Tell us yeah. a little bit about the school district. I know a little bit about it, but the folks listening in, they're going to, you know, let there's going to be somebody from Florida listening in who thinks it's, you know, six schools in a, in a, you know, a couple city blocks to t- yeah. talk to us a little bit about some of the crazy stats of the Kenai Peninsula school district. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is pretty crazy. Uh, Kenai Peninsula school district is large. It spans over 25,000 miles of, of land area and w- over water. Um, it were the size of several of the smaller states <laughs> that Kenai Peninsula school district is. And, and we have, uh, over uh, 8,400 students uh, currently enrolled. Um, we have 42 different schools um, in 17 different communities. Uh, some of them are across the bay, across the inlet, um, that are remote, that are only accessible by plane or boat. Um, so they're off the road system. Um, some of them are very remote, like rough roads. Some are in uh, little cities, small cities and towns. Um, that are easily accessible. We just have everything you can imagine. Um, we're a microcosm of the entire state of Alaska, which is gigantic. Um, but with some people that might be listening elsewhere, they have very small school districts where a school district might only be three schools, their elementary school, middle school, and high school. And they have one superintendent to cover all the, for that. That's all they have. But no, we, we don't do that. We've got a massive area. Uh, we have to have a district that, that uh, meets the needs of 17 different communities and that's quite the challenge um and i'm it's an honor to work on a board and represent um the areas that i represent which is uh the tabona school in tyonic across cook inlet uh, nikiski middle high school uh nikiski north star um and also the connection students that are in this area the homeschool students that are in my area so um, blessed to be uh, a part of that yeah the logistics behind some of that's just nuts. So, you know, for people listening in, imagine trying to get school lunches to schools, a school district the size of West Virginia, and that's about what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. And, um, you know, with this current economy and everybody's struggling with inflation, we're in the same boat, um, with our budget and what we have to do. And, um, and in some ways, yeah, it's it's a real challenge with what's going on right now. So, and folks would be surprised, you know. Oftentimes, you know, I think when people talk about school budgets, um, especially the critics will say things like, "Oh, it's bloated," and blah 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 blah. I want to encourage folks, you know, go have a stroll over at the uh, admin building at the Kenai Peninsula School District. It's kind of a ghost town compared to the borough side, and. Um, you guys, lean, you guys run a, a lean ship. I'm sure it could be leaner, but um, you guys do tend to run a pretty lean ship. Yeah, we've, um, throughout my time, this is my um, sort of moving towards the end of my second term, um, we've cut district office 
several times. Um, and um, it's at a point right now where I feel like it's too small, um, but we can't really do anything about it um, until something changes um, financially as far as uh, funding from the state or maybe some miracle happens and inflation just plummets and, you know, whatever it is, you know, we just, we're just not in a place right now where we can add to that, but there's some overworked people, especially in the human resources department um, at district office. Um, yeah, we have a lot of employees, uh, like over like a thousand or something like that. The borough is is much smaller, um, less than half that size, I believe, for employees. And uh, we have um, a small portion of that uh, building, and the uh, borough building is is much larger as far as the amount of staff they have, administrative staff in the back. Yeah. So um, it's something we're proud of that we that we run a lean. Uh, administration staff. Uh, we focus on keeping our class sizes small. Um, uh, upwards of 80, uh, 80 cents on the dollar is spent on uh, uh, payroll and benefits in the district. Um, we don't have a lot of places to cut anymore. We've we've cut for years, um, even though you know the budget looks like we were spending the same amount of money because of inflation and other things. We've there's still cuts. You still make cuts. That's what inflation does to you when you don't have increases in revenue. And so um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a challenge. And I hope we can uh, help fix that in the future and make it a little bit easier to, to support our schools. So what's your personal philosophy on the board? I know that, you know, everybody um, that's elected, you know, maybe they lean conservative, maybe they lean liberal, maybe they're in the center right, center left. What's been your philosophy and how, how have you been able to kind of stay true to who you are, but also still do your job as, you know, representing the public and, and the school district? Yeah. So I'm a local control guy. Like I, I really sort of believe that we should try to have like, as you go up in government, I believe it should get smaller and, and uh, have less reach. <laughs> Um, and I and I just believe in following our constitutions, which are is our law of the land. I feel like our federal government is is bloated and does way too many things that are not in its power um, that are that are enumerated in the constitution. It needs to be slimmed down substantially. Um, and but as you get smaller uh, or get lower and, and closer to it, I believe governments should have more say um, within reason. It, everything should be. You know, I'm, I'm fiscally conservative, so I believe that. Um, we should be looking at our budgets, managing our budgets and people's money, the taxpayer money, as efficiently as possible while offering uh, the best education we can offer to our community um, for what the parents are wanting. And we have ways to do that through site councils where parents can get involved in our schools um, and uh, have some say and, and give recommendations to the board. Plus, you can get testimony in there. So from that standpoint, um, I, I guess I, my philosophy is it definitely leads conservative. Um, I, I am personally, I'm a very social conservative. I've already mentioned that I'm, you know, uh, Christian and, and I, obviously that influences a lot of my life. Uh, but I do believe our schools, um, they have to not just cater to me and my needs. Um, they have to cater to everybody in our community. And so I want our schools to feel safe for people of all beliefs. Um, and, and that means you're not pushing any one thing on anybody, no matter what it is from whatever side, they, sh they should be able to, you know, worship privately in the school and pray privately if they want to, as the teachers should be able to as well. Um, and, 
um, no, no mandates from the government saying you're going to read this book or pray this way or anything like that. But I believe it should be available to all people. Right. And so, um, so as a social conservative, fiscal conservative, um, but with a libertarian bent. So I mm -hmm. believe in personal freedom. I really believe in personal freedom and that the, the government and the state and the schools um, should work to, to limit that as little as possible. Keep a safe environment that's safe and comfortable for all the students of our area. So how's, how's it been being on the board? Because I think oftentimes you throw a conservative on, especially a school board in really any town in America, and it can go usually one of two ways. And it usually goes, the lone conservative is out there fighting on his own and is a one-man island. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think maybe your philosophy is a little different in that you maintain a really good relationship, not only with the other school board members, but the superintendent as well. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, this is the third superintendent that I've been under um, as a board member uh, since we've gotten on. I'll say um, I've liked all of them. Um, I've disagreed with all of them on some things, um, but this current um, superintendent, Clayton Holland, is uh, he's a great guy and he listens. Um, he um, is willing to make change when need to be when he needs to. He tends to want to have a lighter hand on on, you know, thankfully on mandates and things like that, that that, you know, most parents and most people don't want. And so I'm really appreciative of this current superintendent and have a really good working relationship with him and thankful that he's there. And one of the one of the things I'm most proud about is our decision to, to hire Clayton. Um, with other members on the board, we have a variety. Um, there's a couple of us, um, two or three of us that lean more conservative, um, two of us that are substantially more conservative than probably most other people on the board. Um, and then some people that lean the other way and then some people that are moderate. Um, and I feel like it's important to have good relationships with all of them. Um, I don't agree with them all the time and uh, I don't, and they don't agree with me all the time. And so there's work that goes behind the scenes trying to get things to change that need to change. And then there's stuff um, as far as, you know, when I talk one-on-one -on -one with people, uh, just trying to help them understand my point of view on something so that we can make a change that, that I'm getting feedback from parents of like, this is, why are you doing this? We want to do this. And people may not agree with it. And there's both sides. There's always both sides of an issue from parents, you know? And so um, I just believe it's really important that I maintain my personal conservative values, work with the board as best I can to try to make decisions and, and support policy that um, reflects our community and reflects what uh, most uh, of the parents want um, and making the district a place that's safe, comfortable, and fair for all students. Yeah, the, um, you know, one of the litmus tests that I have for uh, superintendents on the Kenai Peninsula School District is, will they return your phone call? It's kind of the bare base, bare, you know, bare bones, basic necessity that I have uh, put in place for myself for a litmus test. And man, Clayton is amazing. You know, he'll get back to you. It may not be right away, but he will actually get back to you. And I think that that says a lot that he's willing to, um, your current superintendent is willing to return phone calls and emails to the average Joe in his school district. The previous 
superintendent was not. Um, you know, we don't need to go into that, but man, he he didn't want to hear what I had to say or any of my friends had to say. But um, Clayton Holland's done a great job at just being available for folks, and I think that that you know that solves so many problems. Just being willing to listen to people and make it feel like uh, you know they have a voice. And so, kudos to uh, the board hiring Clayton because I think that was a good move. Yeah. A side note on that is uh, Clayton used to be my boss um, because I worked in special education for 15 years in the school as, a, as an aide in the school. And he was the director for special education for most of that time, if not all of it. Um, and he always knew my name. He always valued my opinion, um, you know, when he came in to the schools. And he, I just, he always made me feel like I was important. And uh he does a great job of that. That's uh, one of the reasons why um, I was interested in him being the superintendent because I just feel like he has a good heart and, uh, he, and he's a good man. And I, and, and so that was a important factor for me. So. Nice. So you have an idea, which is, which is, um, you know, oftentimes I think it's hard to steer an old wooden ship, right? The school districts, government to, and to have a new idea come into place is almost impossible, but you have an idea of potentially shifting uh, how many school days um, a, um, a student goes to school during the week. Talk to me a little bit about this. Yeah, um, part of it happened when there were some proposed budget cuts in Dunleavy's first year um, as governor, about a 20% uh, cut to education that was in his proposed budget, which was, uh, pretty devastating. I mean, I, I think everybody was involved and we actually put out the budget and said, well, this is what we're going to have to do. And there wasn't a lot of uh, people that were interested in, in, in those cuts. We'll just, we'll just say that. There's a lot of testimony during, uh, during those times. Um, and so, but out of that, I was looking at other things. I had looked at it before actually when I worked in the school, but there's a lot of districts around the country that were moving to a four day school week. Um, for a couple different reasons. And one of them was to save money. And I was looking for different ways to potentially save some money. Um, so you can save some on busing, on lunches, uh, utilities, um, you know, possibly payroll if you, if you get real aggressive with it. Um, but um, the, the other thing that you do with that, the other benefits that you get with that, so you shift some time because we can't just get rid of days. We have a set number of days we have to have during the school year by law on 170, I don't remember, right now I'm not remembering the exact number, um, but if we cut that down, um, then you have to get a waiver from the state to say we're gonna count hours instead of days. And so we, you would have to extend, extend the four days that you do go to school um, to a little bit longer to make up for the days you miss. And a lot of the days, if we have holiday days through the year, those would just be put on those Fridays, except for the mandatory ones that are on Monday, like Labor Day and whatnot. Um, so, and you wouldn't have any early release days anymore or any other, all of your, uh, uh, like days we have for parent teacher conferences, like in service days, in -service those, days those would all be on those Fridays. So students already aren't there. So you wouldn't be just wiping out, you know, a bunch of days. It would be, it would be a certain amount of days. I'd also like to extend the week of school a week into, into, uh, May. My preference would be to not start until after Labor Day, but that's a real big ask for people. Um, and so there's just a lot of calendar things I'm looking at, but but sticking to the four-day school week, um, I the other benefit that you get from that is a lot of our students 
go away uh, on the weekend for athletics oh, yeah. uh, or uh, drama debate forensics. And so they travel on these trips and they miss a day. And so our, I just saw it in my time there, the high school would be emptied out on Fridays as people went to travel and parents would go to these games. Especially they, hockey season or now there's comp volleyball and comp basketball and all those kinds yeah. of things. Right. And then in, even the elementary school would be affected because the parents would go travel to see their kids take their elementary school school kids out as well and so there's just a lot of attendance issues that go on so these schools saw an increase of attendance numbers that went to a four-day school week they they saw um, pretty much no change any kind of academic performance or you can look at like some of them that saw a little spike a little dip um, but pretty much if you look at the average it was about the same roughly um, and uh, there was and everybody was able to save some money wasn't a ton of money, but it was some. And so looking at that picture and thinking about being more efficient, having real good time for teachers to collaborate and get work done on that Friday and that day off without taking other time off and um, keeping getting our attendance as high as possible and, and maximizing that, that teacher student instruction time without pe uh, teachers or administrators leaving the building, that all that would be done on Friday. You would just focus on, we don't do things Monday through Thursday outside of you know with it all possible outside of instructing kids and if you got to go to a, a meeting or any kind of staff meeting or any kind of collaboration those are all done on that friday and so um that's sort of why um i i started getting interested in it and then i started fielding the idea to parents and teachers and of course as you know there's a blend there's some people that love the idea yeah. and then some people that don't like the idea and so my thought is I want to get this out for discussion and have people weigh in and see, see if it works for us. And, and maybe it will, maybe it won't. I'm not here to push, push it. I, I will advocate for it because I think it's a great idea personally. Um, but if 70% of our teacher or parents and teachers don't want it and think it's a horrible idea, then I'm not, I'm not going to force that. I just want to have the discussion. Yeah. I think it, I think it's worth a discussion because, you know, we've kind of, had the same school calendar for in place forever. And it was kind of started for kids to have summers off because of farming and those kinds of things. And that doesn't really happen anymore. So I think it's a great time to ask the question, why do we have these calendars? Is there a better way we could do it? Is there a more efficient way we can do it? And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I told my, uh, my kids uh, about the idea and, and my son's reaction was, Jason Torianin is the smartest man alive. <laughs> He's like, my son's like, wait a second, we can get Fridays off? Jason Torianin is the smartest man alive. <laughs> so, Not everybody thinks that, but I do appreciate the compliment. <laughs> you have his vote. So I think it's great. You know, I think, like you said, you know, 60% of the people might think it's a horrible idea, but let's at least have the conversation. I agree. I agree. So um, let's talk a little bit about homeschool kids because we have a lot in the school district. We have a lot around the state. And I think you and I were talking about this and I, I feel pretty strongly about this because this happened to us, right? We, my wife and I pulled our kids from school during COVID and, and wanted to try to enroll them in the Kenai Peninsula School District's homeschool program. Didn't feel like it was all put together at the time. So we went to IDEA. So talk to me a little bit about the school district and some of the resources that you have for homeschool kids, and then maybe 
you know, some of the improvements that have happened over the last year and maybe that you'd hope to see down the road? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm bummed that, that you guys felt like you had to do that at the time, but I understand as well. And I, I think um, we have a Connections, Connections is the name of our homeschool program. It does serve the entire um, Kenai Peninsula Borough. Um, and uh, it's it's becoming a very good program. I, I, I believe in uh, uh, school choice for for parents if they want to homeschool their kids. I, I believe they should. I think it's a, it's a very, um, it's a very hard job. Um, you know, we see a lot of kids come back in where people try to homeschool and it's, it's, it was a struggle for them and, uh, kids come in with some, some deficits, some kids come in and after homeschooling and they are remarkable. Um, you see, just like with our own students in our, in our brick and mortar schools, you see the full blend, um, of, of what happens in our homeschool community. So, uh, but I do believe it's a choice parents should have, but it is a, um, um, it's something you have to be passionate about and want to really, really do because it's a it's a challenge to uh, be uh, a parent and a teacher uh, at the same time, you know, and uh, to teach all those things. But um, I, I'm I connections has been initially it was something that honestly did did have some resistance in the district um, years ago because you know, uh, principals and teachers, uh, we didn't want people out of our, we wanted kids in our buildings. We, we, we wanted, um, we liked having them in there. And so it wasn't something that was a big uh, focus uh, for the district, but it was something that was available. Um, that has shifted over the past several years. And this board has, has been very supportive of uh, making change. I think uh, during COVID, that was something that really highlighted that we weren't ready for the influx of parents to the, the amount of parents that wanted to homeschool rather than do the some of the things that you and I both would agree on without saying too much were ridiculous during that time. Um, but uh, and and they they parents needed that ability to do that, you know, and um, and so uh, we've made some uh, or this administration has made some changes um, and we. Um, has been focused on making the connections program more um, uh, more in line with what other programs have to offer around the, around the state um, and to be competitive and to really be responsive to parents' needs. And so we're continuing that. Um, we, we're looking forward to uh, continuing to make improvements there and get input for that, what we can do better, how we can help support parents and, and match up. Um, so we're following the law and what's allowed to be spent and, and how things are allowed to be done. Um, but to give them, give parents the most that we can with our connections program and be the best homeschool, which gives a unique opportunity to blend with our brick and mortar buildings. So parents can, can easily put their kids in some classes for enrichment. Or um, sports possibly. Yeah, or... And sports and all, the, and all those different things. And so we have that ability to offer that uniqueness, but we still have to have that that great efficiency with other which other programs have just had had more experience with. But I believe we're pretty much caught up at this point and will continue to work to get better. Um, I encourage, obviously, for people to keep their money local and go to our local school district when they're looking for a homeschool option. Um, you know, other ones that are able to work in the area, it's because of this, the way the state funds. If you don't have an organized borough, you don't have shared, you don't have to share the revenue as far as paying for the school. So people in the, in the Kenai Peninsula borough 
have to pay a portion of Kenai Peninsula Borough School District's budget. Um, people in other districts, such as Galena, where IDEA is based, um, they don't have to because they're not, a, they're not a full organized borough. And so all their funding comes from the state and that's why they're able to operate a statewide homeschool program. If we did that, we'd be, the, the people in the borough would be funding students around the state. And you know, that's not really something that's, that we, we should be doing. Um, and so uh, as long as the state is forcing some boroughs to share in it in the funding, um, you know, we're gonna keep, keep it here, but it is the local option. And so uh, putting using the connections program um, does keep the money local in, in our borough and doesn't send money out to other cities and other towns around the state. So if, if we have people listening in and they're like, oh, wow, my kids are homeschooled and I live in Homer and I didn't know that I could get resources from the school district. Is it fair to say that kids that are being homeschooled in the Kenai Peninsula School District could sign up for connections and get resources towards, you know, math or science and access to sports and those kinds of things. It, it, you know, it's actual resources. It's not just being a number in a sheet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just uh, however, um, you know, they get an allocation that they can use to spend and people use those for different things. They do them for things that they do as a family um, that they that they feel are part of their uh, educational path. They use other people have started businesses, programs or enrichment programs to help support homeschool parents. Again, with you know if they're if they want to attend a couple classes with our schools, they have that ability as well. Um, and so there's a lot of different uh, things that we can offer. And 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 you know our goal is to make our homeschool program the best it can be. Uh, and uh, to be that that people, if they choose us, they're not going to lose anything. We're we're giving them everything that we can possibly give under the law to allow parents to educate their kids the way they want to educate them. And um, they and, and if there's anything we can do better, we would love to hear that feedback. Um, and and we're we're really looking for that. And we want to be the best homeschool program for Kenai Peninsula School District. Nice. So and, if you're listening, folks, and you are homeschooled get in touch with uh, connections because you're, you know, leaving resources on the table and you might as well at least check them out. Last question to you is this, Jason, how does somebody get involved? There's school board meetings, there's site council, there's maybe there's committees. What's an easy way for folks to get involved? Because parents are passionate, you know, there's PTA associations. What's, you know, rather than parents being frustrated and, you know, doing nothing, what are, what are some ways folks can get involved to make a positive difference in the school district? Well, first of all, um, site council is the, the, the bottom line to get involved within the schools. And of course, getting involved in the parent-teacher associations to help support what's happening in the schools is awesome. But site council is a great way to have discussions about what you want to do with school, about changing handbook policy, about, um, and uh, about making recommendations to the school board about things that you'd like to change. And uh, say Nikiski wanted to be a pilot for a four-day school week, like the Nikiski community, they can initiate that through the site councils and then put a, a resolution or send something to the school board and say, hey, we would like to pilot this. If you guys want to roll through this and get a waiver, our community wants to try this and see if it works. Um, that can be done at the site council level. So all of our communities have site councils. Um, I'm, it's been something that has been a little less used 
across the board, some of them are really strong. Seward has an amazing site council that's very active. Um, but our current principals, uh, Jenna Fabian at Nikiski North Star, um, at, as far as Nikiski level, because I'm, I'm here, I'm not in Tyonek very often, um, but I think they're, they've got their own, you know, tribe community or village community that's very involved. Um, and then uh, Michael Crane at uh, Nikiski Middle High School are really wanting to increase and involve parents and site council and, and, and it's available to them. Uh, the dates are on their on their Facebook pages and websites to see when you can go. Um, and I encourage people to go. I try to attend any of them that I'm available for. Um, so I'm there accessible for people to talk to if they have questions. Of course, they can call me, uh, message me on Facebook um, if they if they need to talk. Um, and I'm available or email me through the district uh, email. Um, and I'll get back to them as soon as I, as soon as I can. And, uh, but that's the first level. Of course, you can come testify on any topic at the board. There's two, two parts in the board meeting to do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, just interacting, getting set up as a volunteer and getting in our schools and helping out and knowing what's going on in there and not just listening to what people are saying that they think is happening in our schools. It's best to like get involved. And so uh, to be in our schools now, we do require people to do um, a little background check to become a volunteer. It, it's, it's that's, probably, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> thing. It's easy to do. Um, and um, it's, a, it's a great way to be in our schools and be involved and um, sort of see what is happening in there. So Awesome. Well, any last minute things here before we head off? Floor's yours. Well, I, you know, of course, the election's coming up on October 3rd, so I encourage everybody to go out and vote uh, for what they're passionate about on the municipal elections. Turnout's always a little bit lower on these, so uh, they are important. Actually, as I said earlier, I almost feel like they're the most important because I don't think we have a whole lot of control that's going on over there with the uh, the Richmond, north of Richmond, as they say. Um, but uh, here locally, um, you have a lot of control and um, we have a lot more say in how things change here at our local level. So I think our municipal elections are the most important elections. Um, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and honored that people uh, selected me initially and uh, continue to support me. Um, I, I'm, my heart is to represent the communities of Nikiski and Tyonek and then in extension, the entire Kenai Peninsula Borough School District to the best of my ability um, and uh, to be consistent uh, in what I do and, and, and how I, what I believe and, and how we support our students, teachers, parents um, in what we do here at Kenai Peninsula Borough School District. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jason. You're welcome back anytime. And for folks that have maybe just caught the tail end of this, you're gonna to wanna to go back and listen to the whole thing to hear really from, from a great model of what it looks like to be conservative, but still have influence on what tends to be a liberal sector of life, a school board. And so Jason, great job on the school board and we wish you nothing but success here for Must Read Alaska. For folks that listen, watch and read Must Read Alaska, if you wanna help keep the lights on, go to mustreadalaska.com on the right-hand side, there's a little donate button every $5 $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. And I want to give a special shout out to all of our listeners. We, the the uh, podcast on in Alaska or about Alaska just came out ranked. And we are number two for any podcast in Alaska or about Alaska, beating out every major mainstream media. And so we want to thank folks that listen to us all around the globe, but especially here in Alaska. Until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thanks, Jason.